0: Everyone, welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody! It's Cat
1: and welcome you to this episode of backstory sessions i'm joined today by my co-host matt hey matt
0: hey cat hey everyone how are you
1: season nine has been fine but it is now at the end
0: yeah yeah it's been a been quite a uh, long uh season it seems longer well not longer than most but uh it seems like it's been a really long one, don't you think?
1: Uh, I mean, when I start looking back on the guests that we've had, it does seem like it's been a while since we talked with them, even though, you know, this is, I think, 12-episode season. So, you know, it does cover a fair amount of time. Um, we kicked off Season, one, uh, season 9, and... It's kind of a full circle how we're ending it, don't you think? How so? Well, uh, if you remember when we kicked off the first episode of this season, I was talking about going to the concert and the phone situation. And then who ended up recording that special song that we got to use? Risha Allen, remember?
2: Yeah. yeah. I-
1: Yeah, and now he's our guest for this final episode. Oh,
0: so was this the was that the first episode? I don't, I really don't remember.
1: Yes, it was. That's how we kicked it off, and uh, you know, with with your being selfish with your cell phone, and (laughs) and then me writing a beautiful song. I was under much pressure, I might add, too, to get that song out and to someone to record it all by the next week, which I was able to do.
0: Well, you know, that's the that's the high stakes world of podcasting, you know.
1: I know it's pressure, constant pressure, yeah, but well, you it know. does pay to have talented friends and. That's
2: true. You know,
1: Risha Allen, like she just hit it out of the ballpark. It was a. Uh, fantastic song, and I feel like the feedback has been Team Cat all the way. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess. There, I'll give you that.
1: Alright, so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Risha, because besides the fact that she is a full circle moment for us, you know, I, I knew her from teaching. So, she's a teacher, mm-hmm. and um, she's also a singer-songwriter. And uh, the writing is very interesting because um, she pulls a lot from personal experiences and that also, you know, ties into Unstoppable. So I was curious, like, you know, how do you feel about, uh, like, do you ever think about when you're writing um, true experiences and you're including other people um, that were a part of that do you think about the impact it could have on them
0: yeah I, i do i mean you know you have to consider that like how much is too much to share and that sort of thing um so yeah i do i do think of that what about you
1: um so i don't write a lot of um in my personal experience writing, I generally would take a feeling that I have and, you know, put that into words, um, but not so much including a specific person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, although I'm sure, you know, the specific person I'm <laughs> feeling it about knows that it's about them. But, you know, but but they're not, like, called out by name or anything like that. So, I haven't done that kind of writing. Right. Uh, like,
0: so, do you, like, base characters on people?
1: I, I do. Um, you know, sometimes it's just, like, an honor thing. Like, I think, oh, I, you know, I'm going to name a character after this person because I really, right. I really like this person. And they, you know, are supportive of my writing and Or have been, and uh, so I'll name a character, which, um, as you'll see, you know, we've got the reveal coming up. um, uh, A lot of those characters are named after my classmates. So the characters may or may not be anything like the classmate, but you know, it's just an honor thing to for me to know that
3: you know that
1: those were special. Um, people to me and of course there are lots more you can't like you can't write uh, you know and put everybody and everything right um but I have you know I do try to pull out names and then the other thing I I might do is like you know take an element of someone and put it in one character and um an element of someone else and like in gorilla girl for instance you know I see some characteristics of a lot of different people, including myself, um, and the characters, but they're, you know, they're not all, like, in one character, so that you wouldn't look at it and be like, oh, that's Matt, you know, right. or yeah. whatever. Yeah.
0: Whereas Excuse I, on the other hand, I mean, I think I wrote us both into uh, Love and Jello.
1: Yes, you did. And also um, included experiences with your father. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure some of them are like what you might have imagined. Um, You know, it would be like if you both were in that setting or situation. So.
0: Right. But um, in that, you know, in that book, all the situations were real or most of them anyway were things that had actually happened but some of the uh, character names were different
1: yeah so I think that you know that is a good example too um, of a, of another time that we were able to incorporate real-life people into fictional work mm-hmm. um, so you know, with songs, I th- I think it could be a little more challenging. Like you have Taylor Swift who, Rakes you right ex boyfriends. So
0: you know, I I guess
1: like I don't know. Is it like you know, if you're out in public, people can film you or you know do whatever. Um, like you don't have a guarantee of privacy, I guess. So. Uh, but if you're in a relationship with someone, you're probably like wise not to be dating writers, I'm guessing, you know, if you're a <laughs> jerk, because, um, you know, that's what writers do is like yeah. write feelings and things happening to them. And
0: you could end so, up in the next book.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, the next book, Dead. Um, yeah, you know,
0: yeah, you never know.
1: Uh, no. Like, I, you know, I do kill off a, a high percentage of characters, and... Um,
0: That's true, you do.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you oh, know... No, oh, in, it,
0: anyway, speaking... I'm sorry, I don't mean to change subjects, but I wanted to talk about this. Um, the reveal is coming up when? Next week?
1: Yes, yeah, Saturday, July 29th, and uh, then on Sunday, August the 6th, so it's like back-to-back weekend
0: yeah so uh how you feeling about it you excited and all that i know we talked about it in the last episode uh talked a lot about it but like as it gets closer how you feeling about it
1: really excited um you know the the um i i just know the experience is going to be amazing and for everyone that's there and we have you know, ticket sales have gone well and there's a lot of um enthusiasm with the cast so oh and also my little uh, the wrigley a lot of businesses have shown uh, a lot of support for us with sponsorships and different things but awesome. um, the wrigley is doing a really cool thing for us um they're having a pre-show cocktail uh, almost an hour, it's it's 5 to 5.45, so mm-hmm. if you're attending, you know, come to the Wrigley first, and they have two drinks uh, named in honor of the play, so you can get the high school reunion, mm-hmm. or you can get the Trojan Secret, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the Trojan Secret is because the high school uh, reunion, their mascot is a Trojan, right, so right. Uh, and, of course, secret is because everything there is, you know, being, so, all the secrets being revealed. So I think that's really cool that um, they, you know, uh, partnered with us and agreed to to do that. I think that's very cool, a very cool part of the experience that people are going to have.
0: Mm-hmm. And you picked up two more, uh, two more uh, performances. Is that true? No.
1: Yes, yeah, so we'll be in London, uh, two shows in London coming up, too. So, um, you know, we have a Facebook page, and um, we'll be posting dates on there, and we have a Barberville show and a Harlan show. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, follow along on the Tri-County Mystery Meets Facebook page, and you'll be able to see where we'll be next. But you know, we're gonna have like so many pictures posted after Saturday's opening. It's um, you know, it's it's historical in that it's our very first ever performance of the reveal, mm-hmm. and also for Tri County Mystery Meets the new business. So, um, happening at the Pennington and Corbin, Kentucky. And Tuesday is the final day to buy tickets uh, for dinner, at least. So. All right. Well, get your tickets now. That's right.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to talk to Risha here uh, in a minute and uh, see what she's been up to. Um, she's had a pretty interesting path, and uh, you know, she's. Uh, I think she's going to be doing something soon.
1: Well, and I'm really curious about you know she is viral TikTok um, teacher, mm-hmm. so um, you know I'm curious about the role in social media uh, and how that has boosted her career, if at all, and um, you know what inspired her to use the tool of social media because you know both of us know that it's very important.
0: Um, yeah. I mean it, you know, it's almost a given that promotion has to take part in social media.
1: Yeah. And, so, and
0: to some degree.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, the the good side of that is you pick up people that um, you know, wouldn't have known about you otherwise. And and the negative side is um you, you know, pick sometimes up people get that <laughs> Well, you you know, you get criticism uh, sometimes, and uh, it it can be hard to take. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Uh, not everything. Well, you know, not everything is going to be, you know, a viral video, or, you know, not everybody's going to agree with something that you post and stuff. It's all just part of the deal. I mean, as soon as you put something online, you leave yourself open to criticism and you just have to you just have to deal with that part of it
1: yeah because again it's like that you know you don't have that sense of privacy like you don't don't have a guarantee to privacy because you're going public um you know so you just have to take it and get a thicker skin i think yep um you know, or delete, uh, that's a good thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the delete the,
1: the admin, you know, <laughs> yeah. if it's like, uh, which we're, I think we're really good about not censoring, like, the only things we ever um, censor are, like, you know, people posting that celebrities dead when they're not, you know, those kind of, right, like, yeah. uh, spam things that people put in groups, that's really the only thing we ever take down, I think, so.
0: Yeah, there are a couple other posts that we had to, you know. Do something. Yeah, but that was um, like self. If somebody's
1: bullying someone or something like that, but yeah. you know, in general, like you know, if you think we say you know too much or you know so or whatever, and you comment on that, we don't we don't take that down.
0: Yeah, and uh, we don't necessarily care because I mean, like
1: we 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 haven't worked to change it either because we like it. So. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: well yeah exactly
1: (laughs) that's about how far you'll get with us on that
2: yeah
0: I mean it's almost kind of a joke because um, your mom (laughs) I remember your mom used to say like you can't start a you can't start a sentence with so or well or and or like
1: pretty much everything I start sentences with
0: yeah yeah (laughs) I just I just remember her saying that and we we laugh about it now
1: yes we do and you know yesterday was her third year for passing and so uh you know it's nice to be able to to remember the funny things, um, you know, because she was a faithful listener to the podcast and yeah, yeah. always very supportive of everything that I did and we were trying to do. And so it's a, it's a good memory. I'm yeah. glad that we're able to, you know, the, laugh funny,
0: the funniest memory I have of her is the video that you have when you were <laughs> asking her about my writing and,
1: <laughs> Yes, it was like um, you know. What's the the most surprising thing about you know love and Jello? I think was sort of the question. Yeah, and she was like that. Matt could write. <laughs> <laughs> I and, guess you know, I
0: didn't impress like, her very much.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm like, oh, did you think he was a dumbass? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, I just didn't know he could write. And then, and then to top it all off, I'm like. Um, do you think he's a better writer than I am? And, and she like doesn't <laughs> <laughs> she like doesn't answer and I was like, <laughs> uh, <that's laughs> you funny. know, so she was so funny and that video is funny too. So Yep. A lot of good memories. Yeah. Um, certainly I miss your mom, so uh, you know, Risha is gonna be a really interesting interview, and I can't wait till we like hear all the backstories of uh, her songs and her life and career change.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see what she's got on the horizon because, I mean, she's she's a pretty phenomenal singer and uh, you know songwriter for sure.
1: Yes, so my prediction is, you know, we're going to have one day, uh, we will have her back, and uh, we'll be talking about, you know, her Grammy nomination or something (laughs) like that.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, we, we might have to get in line for that one, though, you know.
1: Hey, (laughs) Risha! Remember your roots here. We started with that telephone song. That's
0: right, way back when. That's
1: right. We're (laughs) hardcore now, I think. All
0: right. Well, let's talk to Risha and uh, see what's what's going on.
1: All right. Sounds good. Risha Allen, we are so excited to have you as a guest today on Backstory Sessions. Welcome. I'm excited to be here. Well, you finally got to meet the infamous Matt, who uh, (laughs) wouldn't give up his cell phone for uh, air supply. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, I think that's a good lead into um, you know, a, a little backstory that we have. And um, so everyone's already acquainted with you to some degree uh, because they heard that. So, um, you know, you, um, I'm going to quote, uh, you, I used to teach with, with Risha. So this is a little background information. I have only, you know, bits and pieces of backstories with her. Um, But the one thing I remember uh, was her talent in singing and music and songwriting. And she played many songs, but one has stuck with me like all of these years. And that was Oblivious. So I want to start. Yeah, I know. Can you believe? I mean, I still know all the words. It's like, are you serious? Yes. And I'm (laughs) going, I am going to read you some lyrics from that, that stuck with me and we're going to start your backstory kind of like that. So uh, call me naive. I never seen it coming. Is that prophetic of what was to be uh, your life all these years later? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely prophetic. I mean, there was a reason I was writing material like that, you know, early, early on in that relationship. So our first year of teaching together, Kat, was also my first year of marriage. And um, there were just, I mean, there were just some some things right from the very beginning that just weren't clicking. And we were young and both dumb and all these things. But uh, so yeah so that song was really written out of like naivety, like the awakening from naivety early early in my marriage as a college as a college student slash like late college student first year teacher cuz i don't i'm not really sure exactly when i started that song um, but yeah that's uh, a blast gosh, from totally the past i totally forgot <laughs> a blast from the past and you know i really like that song and i always i always wanted to go back and revisit it and maybe revise it, you know, really tighten up the narrative, and um, kind of lean into, lean into, like, the heartbreak and everything that I was feeling, And I may do that, you may have just inspired me to, to go back to that, because I'm working with a, um, an engineer here in Minot, North Dakota, and actually creating, like, really solid, good tracks that I can release on Apple Music, you know, 20, 20 plus years now in the, in the, the journey of writing and producing music. And I'm really loving
1: what we're coming up with. So I may like do that one. Yeah. Awesome. Because I, you know, I feel like um, your whole life since I knew you in that beginning of teaching, you know, it it has changed and evolved so much. So I feel like, you've probably never seen it coming because I didn't see it coming that you were going to end up like as a social media influencer you're (laughs) going to be teaching elementary school music and be writing songs that would touch the world Uh, I could see that part because obviously you know I still all these years later yeah but um, a lot of changes. So let's get a little bit of your backstory. Like, did you come out of the womb singing?
3: <laughs> probably, probably. Um, so uh, I can I can remember my mom and her two cousins were in a singing group, and um, they you know there was just their names. We called them Sherry, Jan, and Ann. And they just every family reunion, which we had four every summer, and then every. You know, Sunday, you know, dinner at Memo's and like all of the, you know, funerals and weddings and events. We would always hear Sherry, Jane, and Ann sing. And I could sing with them. And I remember early on being able to do some of the harmonies that they could do. I could just hear it. Um, and, the, and the harmonies, you know, weren't complex or anything. You know, I was basically doing low harmony and, and holding probably like a third under them, just hold, kind of holding that note. Um, But I I learned and I was able to hold it. And so there were times when I would, you know, jump in and join them and then really just became like a family celebrity, Um, you know, singing at all of our events with them or after them. And mom got me into piano at seven years old. And, you know, because they could play the piano too, Sherry, Jan and Anne, like all of them, they could just sing, they could harmonize. They couldn't write music, but they could, you know, play keys and all that. And um, so it really was kind of like almost one of those things that I wasn't even cognizant of. I just was doing it from a very young age and then just emulating them. Um, And then it grew to a, you know, to its own thing. Um, You know, writing my own kind of music in addition to singing some church music and um, all of that. And in piano lessons, learning more than just how to read music, you know, learning chord theory and how to make music my own and stuff. So I really can't tell you a definitive time that I became a singer or a musician. It's just always been there.
1: So what about the songwriting? How young were you when you were writing your own? What, did you write the tune and the lyrics? Or That's a great
3: question. Um, it's, um, gosh, that's a fantastic question. My, my students, I just had an opportunity to interview a famous singer-musician and had, and had my students help me, you know, formulate questions to ask. And that's one of the questions, um, that they asked them too. And I, I would say I began writing music probably in the fourth grade, you know, right when your brain is right when you're starting to feel the drama of the relationships around you, life gets a little more complicated and you're looking for a way to process it all. Um, like I remember I wrote a song, I think at the very beginning, I patterned a lot after what I heard on the radio, maybe like substituting a few words for my own, but like taking their melodies and stuff. Because I think there was a song about rock bottom of my heart on something. But I, I remember the melody, like, because I love you from the rock bottom of my heart. That was like fourth grade. Um, (laughs) It could have been a radio song. But then I wrote another one, baby, ooh, baby. And it was like the rave of the playground. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just stuff that probably was very uh, mimicky, cliche, but still like practicing the art. And then um, in high school, I really started to write stuff that was a lot better Um, and Probably had five or six songs in high school that people would really like to hear. And then in college, just, you know, kind of kept going and kept going. And now I feel like my songwriting is um, the best it's ever been. Um, And I'm less cliche, you know, less heartbreak than than I've ever been. You know how it is. Heartbreak is
1: excellent, creative fodder. Yeah, great material for songwriters. Um, Could be going through.
0: <laughs> just if anybody was wondering, that was Randy Travis.
3: The
1: Well okay, the
0: hard rock bottom of your heart is the name
1: of it. The
3: there song. you go. <laughs> that Randy Travis was apex when I when I was young in the eighties. So yeah, that would make a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. Um And I think the baby ooh baby song.
0: Justin Bieber. Baby, ooh baby.
3: Oh goodness, Justin <laughs> Bieber wasn't even a flash in the eye. Um, <laughs> I think it was a uh, maybe in vogue or swv one yeah, of those like yeah, yeah. girl pop girl pop bands that i kind of patterned after mm-hmm. um and you know there are times still that i will listen to something on the radio and think like i could do that like i i can create something very similar to that and not often does it end up being similar but it is like i am inspired enough by it that i Still, I mean, imitation imitation is flattery, you know, no matter how you cut it, and how old you are, and all of that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes, Ed Sheeran might disagree with you. Um, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but he did win, Just kidding. so he might yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, from you know, being like writing these, and I'm sure your peers loving them, and you know that kind of thing. Um, when it came time to make some kind of career choice, um, did you, you knew you were going to college? Did, did you think about right out of high school, going to pursue music? Like, yeah. this, okay, so tell us about that.
3: Yeah, actually, I, um, I called an audible in college and changed my major, which was a music education major at the beginning. So I was recruited by, um, you know, a couple of schools for music, but Union was close to home and I was offered a full ride at Union College in Barberville, Kentucky. And um, I was my, my scholarship was for vocal music. And so I was going to go through the program, get a music education degree, and that was going to be my thing. I think i even i think i really had my eyes on high school choir which because my high school choir teacher was such a powerful musical influence in my life um but then i did not love college music um i i just didn't and uh, you know no offense to anybody who was part of the college music programs um at that time but i I, it was really like my high school was a hard act to follow the the uh, my high school choir director was such a creative talented person that he really like awoke in me this um, the the, cre- the creative side of art or not even art cuz art itself is creative the, the creative side of the the technical talents of playing an instrument reading music the technical side of like writing a song first course first course like i was so inspired by everything we would put on like little plays we would just do impromptu things and when i went to college it was very much just technical And so I just didn't love it. Hurt my feelings that I got a C. I was a little bit of a baby. I was like, I've been in piano lessons for 12 years and I got a C in music theory? (laughs) like, That class and chemistry are two of the hardest college courses I ever took. Um, But anyway, so I changed my major and went into English language arts um, and I was gonna be a writer. I really didn't even wanna be a teacher. Um, at that point, when I changed from a music degree, music ed, I was like, I just think I want to write, I want to be a journalist, and I want to work my way up to be a news anchor. Um, and so I did that. But I tell you what really was the, um, you know, the wedge that was kind of shoved into all my plans is that I got pregnant um, my junior year of college. So like all those heartbreak songs to come, right, they were from from this relationship. And so I got married and um and and i had a baby and at that point i was like you know i think i should probably go back to that education degree because i would be able to have my kids schedule someday and it's good benefits and all that stuff and so i already had the english degree not the music degree so i had um really kind of left that music degree alone and i was still doing like recreational music i was going to nashville and recording um, with some friends and doing some songwriting stuff, but that kind of just, it just came to this point where I just made a completely different life decision and became, uh, I got my secondary ed degree because with the English degree that I was, you know, already on track for, I could teach high school English. Um, but then before I got out of college, I was like, you know, I think I better, you know, I've got almost enough that of the two years of music that I took to come out with a, a minor. So at least I could get that. And thank goodness that I did. Cause that's how I can teach music up here now. So for 14 years, that was my path. I never thought about teaching music after that. I, I, I didn't. And even when I moved to North Dakota for the first time, I didn't know that my music minor would translate. Um, because my master's degree, which I got from Eastern Kentucky university is, um, um, Masters of Education K-12 so in North Dakota those certifications opened me up to K-12 teaching for reading and writing and having the minor opens me up to K-12 music teaching so I was kind of just sitting on that pot of gold this whole time and had no idea um, until like until it mattered until I was up here in North Dakota and you know looking for a job and like oh maybe I could go back to my roots and try this so yeah, that's kind of how it went. So in a, uh,
1: a way, uh, it seems like there was some luck involved and some good decisions made, even if they might not have been um, intentional with knowing this was going to have such a major impact on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you like teaching English? I did. Um, I liked teaching English.
3: I was. Um, I, I feel like I was good at it. I always felt. I always felt like, you know, I was fulfilling a purpose. I had, you know, I think one of the things that has, you know, transcended both both career paths is I, I've always been able to build solid relationships with students. And so that'll, that right there is the battle with anybody, you know, as a teacher. If, you know, if you can build a good relationship, you know, you can teach. And so um, I had a good time teaching high school English, good relationships with kids, but high school English is, this monolith, I mean, it's, um, it's different from all other content areas and it's so heavily tested. So, you know, high school English in in pretty much any high school is going to carry three of your four major academic uh, points, which, so for um, grammar, so that was measured on the ACT, then I don't really know exactly how they do it um, now, but so those, those actual English skills the reading skills and the writing skills. And then, you know, the fourth was math. So here's your English department that's carrying three of your major academic indicators. And so that put undue pressure on English teachers. And then of course, how do you teach writing without doing a a heck of a lot of it? And so then in a maxed out classroom, so as a high school English teacher, you know, there there were years maybe I had 140, 150 kids maybe. And so here I've got that huge number of kids. And I'm trying to teach them how to write, and the only way to do that is to actually write and to you know read and and revise and all that. And so that would just create a whole lot of extra work. And as a mom, that was just so hard. And then when I got divorced, as a single mom, the year that I came to North Dakota, I I was I took a job, a Title One job, knowing it would end at the end of the school year and there was no more funding for it. But it was a continuing contract, and it would get my foot in the door to be able to go back and teach high school English. But after just like from November to May, teaching elementary and not taking papers home every night, not, you know, revising thoughtfully 172 to three page essays or how 100 and however many. I don't remember my class total, total student number, but the relief I felt not having that burden was I mean, like, I guess I just didn't realize all those years how cumbersome that field truly was as a mom. So that is one of the reasons actually that I was like, okay, I'm not going to go back to high school now. I'm going to call another audible. I went to one high school meeting and I was like, I just don't think I want to do this anymore. And so I was like, what else is available? Is there anything else in the realm of elementary school that I would be qualified to teach? Like I just got divorced. I moved across the country. This is my 40th year of life. Like this is a perfect time to try something new. Um, and there was an elementary music position open and I was like, what, I'm qualified to teach that. (laughs) So the, the rest is, the rest is history. It's, it was like, I mean, call it luck. It's a heck of a coincidence. I don't know what to call it, but, um, I am certainly glad that it was open and I got, you know, the job where I was, they let me fly there. They like, you know, some principals would never let you have your phone out and make TikToks or Things like that. But that, you know, my schools where I taught, they were like, Wow, you're really talented. Like, and I you know, we can we can trust your decision making in the classroom. Go for it. Like they were so proud of me at every at every crossroads
1: I came to as a TikTok star, random TikTok star. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So this all of this is really it seems like a turning point for you when you move back to North Dakota. And then these opportunities start opening up. So you're in that elementary classroom teaching music for the first time. And when is it that it comes to you like, oh, well, maybe I should start recording some of this. And putting it out there. Well, I'll tell you, because recording it and putting it out there were two completely
3: different trains of thought for me. Okay. So, What the reason I started recording it is because I was finding that in building relationships with them and truly engaging them, I was making up little silly songs on the spot, like to learn their names. Like, uh, you know, I would write a little song, Chuck drives a truck, like different things like that. And they just ate it up. They were loving it. And they were like, let's do it again tomorrow. And then the next day would come and I would be like, I don't remember. I've written twenty little song since then i don't remember <laughs> and so i would start getting my phone i'd be like wait 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 okay i'm just going to record this little improv session and i would like do that you know rhyme with their names again or something else and so that i could keep it and then we could do it and then there were a couple other things that i just off the cuff created like could like our happy friday song i just which is now like cult famous actually i was just singing um in a one of our our big musical bars here in minot north dakota i've got a pretty regular gig there and, and somebody yells out Friday song at the end of the night. So like here I'm singing my Happy Friday song with everybody in the bar and they're like, you know, they've got their flashlights up, like just having a great time with this little elementary level song. But that song, I would never have remembered it if I didn't have my phone out. So so I had I would have my phone out to record those things. And so then I really wasn't putting those anywhere, I wasn't sharing those are just to jog my brain. But I would also take pictures of some of the uh, horrible things, the pictures that they would draw for me, or uh, we, we had a classroom pet, it was a moth that lived for like a day, and I had a picture of like, all of our hands in the middle, so like around this moth that was sitting on the carpet, and so I would put those pictures on my Instagram story, which feeds to my Facebook story, to be like, look at how cute my life is now, like going from a high school teacher to, an, like, this is my actual job, we wrote a song about a moth today, like, so I, just some of those things that were just so, so cute, but they were two very different uh, media purposes. And so it was actually the moth song. We wrote a, a, a song about a moth and we called it Music Moth. And that was just a cute little song and I wanted to remember it. But then I had the pictures of us with our hands around the moth and I had recorded the song anyway. And I was like, why not put that on my Instagram story? It's just me. It doesn't show any kids, but you can hear them singing and all that stuff. And, and so then uh, one of my good girlfriends was like, she had been telling me since like tiktok had become what it was she was like you have to get on here you sing you have got to get on here and sing people would love to hear your voice you would go viral and i'm like you gotta be kidding I me. Mean, this is the same reaction i have when people are like you should go on the voice i'm like no i shouldn't I'm like no they're not looking for me i'm i'm too old and like i'm a mama, of three kids i am not the image i am not any of the things that they're looking for to go viral or you know whatever." So, but there was finally one day shoot where um, I had post, I had done a welcome song and I I recorded this welcome song with the students knowing that I was going to share it on my Facebook because it, it sounded, there was one day we were singing, it's called, it's called Hello Miss Allen and it's actually my very first viral video on TikTok. Um, it's like over 4 million uh, views or something like that. And so I just recorded that. Actually, I had a para educator in the classroom. I was like, will you hold my phone and just record this real quick? It was like 14 seconds. I was like, they're just, they sound like little angels. I, I want to share this. And then I put it on Facebook. And my friend who had been hounding me to get on TikTok now for probably two years was like, I'm done with you. Take that video that you just put on Facebook, get on TikTok and post it there. And I did. And it instantly went viral. And I just remember that night, like I, I was on a dart league at that point and the whole night I'm at dart league, I can barely even focus on darts because I'm just watching the views and likes and comments just rise. And it was really like, I don't know, just some kind of ride. I was on um, a high of its own. And so that went viral. And then, um, so then my friend is like, see, I told you what other stuff have you been recording for six months or whatever that you haven't shown, put it on there. Like you have got, unique content that people want to see. And so then I just kept putting stuff on there. And then, you know, the thing about the way I teach music and like the way that music is and always has been so natural to me um, and the way like, you know, I was an English teacher for so long and I've just got that creative aspect and I've got that way with words. Like it's not an intimidating thing for me to sit down and write a silly song about the way I need them to line up that day. You know, things like that. So it just, it's like the content really just, created itself like I'm very fortunate you know some people go viral with a with a, a one-time thing uh, you know a one-hit wonder something that just really is not um recreatable and I happen to go viral with something that's sustainable like this is just, this is just what I do all the time and some sometimes my songs are huge hits and sometimes they're not but since that moment it's been pretty stinking cool to watch how the world reacts to my my music, my creativity, and, like, just like you started, like, like, I had no, just like you started this podcast, like, I had no clue that this would get here, like, it is a, you know, I was oblivious to what could happen with my music over time, like, what could happen when all these skills came together with the, with the right purpose, I guess, like, if heartbreak was a terrible purpose, fun, and building relationships with kids, much better purpose, so... Um, I think it's kind of a perfect storm
1: of skill and creativity meets purpose. Well, then you had a teacher's Christmas wish. Mm. A very heartfelt song there. Uh, Tear jerker. I don't have yeah. to watch it without crying, <laughs> especially um, if you've been a teacher. Yeah. Um, you definitely, I think, spoke very well of how teachers feel. So what was that like, Um, writing the song, being, I guess, let the listeners know, like, what is it like for teachers to be away over that Christmas break? Yeah. of course, we always are like, oh, you know, great, but there's more emotion. So tell us about
3: that. Yeah, you know, teaching high school for 14 years, you always know the kids that have and the kids that have not. And you always know the kids that are not treated well at home and things like that. And you always feel really sad and you try to make connections for them with resources. But really, when kids are older, they they fend for themselves a lot. You know, it, if worse comes to worse, they can go to the backpack club, they can get food. If worse comes to worse, they can call 911 or they can run out or Or they can cope in another way with just not having, you know, it's always worrisome and sad. But when I started teaching elementary school, I was blown away when the Christmas season rolled around because our our behaviors started to go up. Um, And I was like, what's going on? And my principal was like, "Uh, we have a lot of kids that don't, they're really anxious because they don't want to go home for the break. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, you know how it is. You know, all over Christmas uh, you know, time, TV and everything, all the commercials are gifts and stuff, and they don't get gifts. They, a lot of them do not get gifts. They don't even eat well. They, Some of them won't eat a real meal from the time we close our doors until we open them again. And, I mean, the, the emotion of that just devastated me because these little kids just cannot fend for themselves at all. And so the helplessness of some of these little ones, like – I mean, I could cry right now even just talking about it because I see faces in my mind, the ones that worried me the most in that year. Like, oh, my God, like they're just they're just going home and home is a loose term for so many of them. And so um, I I really had to cope with that. You know, just how do I keep teaching when I'm looking out and all I want to do is just hug them and tell them it'll be okay, or buy. And I asked my principal, can I buy them gifts? and he said, you know, that's a hard thing to do. Um, he said, cause you can't really buy gifts for them all. He said, but I'll tell you, I did that one year. Um, and the parents took the gifts back and got the money for it. And, you know, he's like, so the kid at the end of the day, you know, he said, it's just a, it's kind of an unfixable problem. And so we love them, love them, love them while they're here. And we make them look forward to coming back and we take care of them while they're here. And so Honestly, when you say talk about the process of writing that song, there truly wasn't much of a process to the song that went viral. I woke up singing that from my sleep. Um, and again, call it coincidence, luck, you know, I don't know, call it that skill set that has been with me for most of my life, but I just rolled over and I grabbed my phone because that is the the whole thing with me. I record things on my phone, so don't forget them. So I rolled over and I grabbed my phone and so the 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 video that I have, which I can send to you if you, you know, if you want to see like the actual backstory of Teachers Christmas Wish, it's a black yeah. video, dark in my room, and my sleepy morning cracked voice singing what was the rough version of that song. We hope you get hugs and love and gentle hands and voices. And the song would change throughout the morning. So I, I just kept singing it in my head. And I um, sang it on the way to school. And then when I got to school that morning, I just, I got on the piano and I could just feel really, I I mean, I've got my eyes closed right now with my hands in the air, playing an air piano because there was not really a process of writing it. I could just feel it. Like the the energy of that song really just made my hands go uh, wherever they were going to go. And so that morning I finished it and I let my fourth, my then fourth grade class hear it. and that class wasn't the one that worried me the most so i uh, was able to sing it without crying with them and i was just like what do you guys think and they did that the echo chorus part so beautifully um so i was like i think i'm going to share that like that's raw emotion like that's raw teacher emotion like uh, you know i thought maybe maybe this can help somebody else or maybe somebody else has got better words for what i'm trying to say here and it went viral and so um, I took some I took some slack um, for that song because I said Christmas in the original one, and the song is called Teacher's Christmas Wish, but um, I said when we send you off for Christmas break. I mean, I taught in a very small, uh, pretty homogenous uh, cultural, c- culturally homogenous uh, school, so everybody celebrated Christmas. We didn't have anybody that did it. So, um, but then when I recorded in the studio, not due to pressure, but due to like my life as a writer and I revised when things need to be revised holiday just came out on the tongue easier and um so that's one thing with sharing tiktok that i have found when you share a rough draft and it's immortalized on your feed on your page and that's what people know you kind of lose the, some of the grace for it to revise it and make it better um anyway so so you know that one was just shared and shared and shared and it went all over the place it was shared on upworthy Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis shared it on her Instagram. One of the Kardashians liked it from there. It was on today.com. You know, they shared it there. And there was like a little write-up about me. And like, um, it, it was just like, I mean, I could not believe it. And so then, you know, some people had said in the comments, like, where is the rest of it? Where is the rest of it? And I was like, you know what? I could write the rest of that song. So I sat down and it was a pretty easy process. Maybe it took me two days to come up with the words for actual, you know, verse, verses and, um, bridge. And, um, so then that was December of 21. And so then last year I took it to the engineer that I'm working with in Minot, North Dakota now. And I took some students into the studio with me and I was like, I just, I, I think this is the best song I've ever written probably. Um, I want students' voices on this thing with me. Like, I just don't even want to record it if I don't have some of these little kids in here with me. And so that was a cool process, going into a studio with six or seven
1: little ones. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I know because, you know, I've seen, like, other people that have had their classes sing it and uh, all kinds of different Uh languages. And so really, how do you feel like I saw someone was signing the song? Yeah. So how do you, how do you feel like when you're seeing all of that? Um, humble. Out, like I kind of sometimes
3: refuse to believe that my music has gone as far as it has. Cause I'm like, I am not famous. I am not. I'm still just little old me, like still kind of you know, nervous when I walk into a room sometime, hopefully, you know, hope people are going to like my music or whatever. So it really, it hasn't had any type of inflating, effect in my head it's really just been like what like that they're singing my song like it I still have that effect every time I see someone taking some of my you know a lot of my music has gone viral and every time I see my music in another country in a different language or in schools or every time I get feedback from people I'm just like it's it's almost like some sometimes I think the the emotion like the emotion of pride that I feel is matched by disbelief. Like that couldn't have been me. Like it's hard to accept because I, I, you know, I worked for so hard trying to write music and for so, such a long time in my life. Like I just wanted to be a songwriter. I just wanted to cut a song. I wanted like an artist to do my song. And now that dream is done. And now like I am writing songs and me as the artist, as the singer songwriter, that is what is inspiring people and then they're going you know they're going and they're they're replicating you know like i said earlier like imitation is flattery like all these people who want to do my songs like i am so flattered and proud of that like it's just i'm in awe every time it happens like i'm just like wow me
1: (laughs) so it does seem like a lot of a lot of the songs that you write come from um, personal experiences or inspirations. Um, I want to ask you about two songs in particular that you've written. Um, one is The Other,
2: uh-huh.
1: and the other is Loving You for Two, which you uh-huh. are, is a recent one that I've um, listened to. So, you know, are those inspired by your children? And if so, how do they feel about making songs?
3: So the other is a song I wrote for both of those songs are for my children. Um, there's one for my daughter and then one for my middle son. And I've written another one for my older son. I've just never really recorded it and put it anywhere. Um, but I wrote that song for my daughter. My um, her, her dad is just, you know, really tall and. Um, you know, this bigger dude. And so my daughter has always been real tall. And sometimes that would make her feel insecure because she's not small and petite like the other girls. And, um, and I just, I don't know. I, I just struggled so long with, you know, being happy with myself that there was just one day she was probably six or seven years old. And I was just consumed with all of my hopes for her. Like, I hope you don't let other people's opinions, like, bother you the way i did my whole life like i hope you don't try to be a cookie cutter woman the way i did my whole life like i hope you are okay being the other i hope you are okay like living your own truth living in your body in your skin being just the person that you are and so um that one was easy to write at that time i was working with a um a music a a songwriting agent going to nashville quite frequently and she, you know, had sent some of my some of my other songs down to like Song Plugger and some other people and and they really weren't going anywhere. And so she's like, gosh, you just need to write the one. You just got to write the one. And so I had that kind of pressure in my head. But then I was, you know, my I write the best when it's deeply purposeful, like so about these little kids at work or about my own like children. And so I wrote this song for Carmen very quickly. Like, I don't even think I edited. it. I have I have revised it now. Um, I've revised the last verse now. And that song, actually, I, I'm recording it next. So I've already paid um, the guy to get a head start on the track and then probably at the end of July, I'll go in and have that on Apple Music and Spotify and everything for you to hear. But until I wrote Teacher's Christmas Wish, I think the other was my favorite song. Like just, you know, it's the the opening, the opening line is, I think one of the, I was so proud of it. Um, the opening line is, it's a man's world. You're learning to be a beautiful thing and uh, do your makeup, get your hair done, do your makeup, you're a trophy in training. Like, like these are the things that are expected of you. But then the chorus is like, they'll say that you could be anything that you want, but you know, the, 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 the real crux there is it's if it's all these contingents, it's if you look a certain way, if you, you know, whatever. And so then the last line of that chorus is like, you know, if, if, if only just this once, listen to your mother, be the other. And that song really, like I've even gotten, I've got chills right now just thinking about it. That song really resonated with people. So I'm really excited to get that in the studio and get it done and released. Because that is, I think, every mother's, you know, probably father's too, like wish for your daughters. Like it's a hard world out there as far as your, like, your concept of self. And so here my daughter, you know, she's in fourth grade. She has turned out to be every bit as tall as I thought she was going to be. You know, she's head and shoulders above pretty much all the other kids in her class. And I just have tried her whole life to leave all of my insecurities and my negative self-talk that I grew up with and that I saw from all of the women in my life, tried tried to really let that song guide me. Like if I want her to be the other, I've got to be the other. I've got to say positive things about myself. I've got to let her only see me being happy with my body, happy with my face, Um, you know, things like that. And so, you know, we never know if we're doing the right things, but I really, I really credit that song to helping me process exactly how I felt and what I needed to do to be the best mother for her that I could possibly be and give her the best self concept that she could have in this, very judgy world so yeah the other
1: that that one still one of my favorites Matt I think this would be a good time to ask you like uh, oh, I know sure. like, we've had conversations <laughs> about like <laughs> you know about writing about um, personal experiences and like where you find that line of you know what you don't want to cross or if you do cross it you know how you deal with it do you have any questions or comments
0: um yeah i i hmm, that's a tough one uh because i always struggle with that like where do, you know where do i want to stop and not say anything else so i mean have you ever written anything that you were just like oh no i can't put that out
3: oh absolutely yeah i have all kinds of songs that i'll never share <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> absolutely that was one of them <laughs> oh well i mean i could i have a song um it's called cry it is um it is a sad song i wrote in my first year of marriage mm. and like it's i i still love that song and really i would probably share it if i were more proud of the recording but like for for a very long time i didn't want to share that song and then there were several several other ones similar to that over the years where i you know, didn't want to share. And then, and then there was once when I did and people were like, are you okay? Is everything okay (laughs) with you and Chris? I'm like, I'm not doing that again. Um, a little, maybe that was a little too raw. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there are all kinds of songs that I wouldn't want to share. Um, but you know, you're right. Like with that song, like with the other, like even knowing that it's going to hurt some feelings, um, you know, it was, it was worth it for me. So, um, because I'm definitely not going to try to protect feelings. you know if I, if someone is a, if someone is a subject in my song and usually you know it's gonna be pretty you know pretty intimate kind mm-hmm. of setting, but you know they, they're a subject for a reason. And you know that's one of those things where one thing I have told myself about like you know, that's not as uh, demeaning as it may sound because I would hope that all parents want their children to be even better than they are. Yeah. I want my daughter to be more talented than I am and to be, you know, uh, more, more successful, have more money, more everything than I am. I think that's every parent's hope, even though it definitely is a negative connotation in the song. Like, but I do think by learning right now, how to, how to, how to believe in yourself enough, you learn. And I hope the same, you know, I hope my kids will be better than me too.
0: Yeah. So let's, uh, I'm, Let's switch gears here a little bit. <laughs> sure. Awesome, uh, awesome stories, though, and awesome backstories and stuff. Um, so I'm curious, like, who are some of your influences? I mean, you seem to, like, write a lot on your, you know, uh, from ideas and personal experiences and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, who are some of your influences as far as songwriting and... Um.
3: um okay. Some of my influences in songwriting. Well, I would say I don't know who they are. You okay. know, I don't know who all the songwriters are on some of the songs I listen to that I'm inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a, a couple of songwriters over the years where I've like kind of gotten into some of their songs, um, but I, I don't really, I don't really remember, I don't really remember their names. The biggest influence would be, you know, my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, who she wasn't a, a songwriter, but she was a singer and a pianist and um, you know could sing harmony and I wanted to be able to you, know, you know, imitate those elements. And then uh, my high school choir teacher was a major major influence. and he, he actually made me believe that I could write my own music. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say, you know from that technical side or just the, the initial want to would be my mom. And then the how to would be from my, from my high school choir teacher. And then there were, you know, there were influences along the way. There's a guy in Nashville named Doug Sizemore, um, who I, you know, wrote with over the years. And I was very, very inspired by him, and I learned so much um, from him, uh, mm-hmm. just just about how songs come together and how how songwriting goes. Like, you 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 just sit around and talk for a little bit until an idea, like, organically kind of springs up, and then you go with it and you shape it and try to, you know, figure out without being like didactic where where is this going how can we kind of shape this idea and so um songwriting with him really i think put me you know next level like truly understanding um yeah. kind of what was going on um or what should be going on like in my process and stuff and then so the, like I told you a little while ago, like I was working with um, an agent at that time. Well, mm-hmm. so her name is Bonnie, and um, she was so inspiring to me. She still lives in Kentucky. Um, and we don't we don't work together, you know, on songs anymore. She's got some beautiful grandbabies, and that's her focus. And I moved to North Dakota and taking care of my kids, and that's my focus. Mm-hmm. And she, even though we're not really working together on any of the music that I'm doing right now, she has been so proud of me and like I said a minute ago you know inspiring me to write the other and then my song My Boys that is um, also on my Apple and Spotify like she was also just like you know encouraging me to write and you know go for that one song like you, you, you got it in you I know you can do it and so um, and she would always listen to my music and give me such wonderful critical feedback and believed in everything enough to like send it off to everybody she knows so um, she would be a she, she would hands down be in one of those top musical influences as well
0: so um when did you start playing guitar i mean i know you said something about keyboard but um then yeah. you mentioned playing guitar how long have you been doing that
1: well <laughs> you know i
3: i have wanted to play guitar for a long time mm-hmm. and never really got around to it but when i got this music job um so 2021 I got there and there was a guitar in the classroom. And I thought, there is just no time like the present. I have a guitar at home. I know how to play like a couple of chords. And I thought, if I could just, you know, practice a little bit on the chords I know, I can play in the key of D and I can sing in D. So that's all. I- so any any video you see of me playing a guitar, I'm in the key of D because that's all I can do. And I can't even play the, the six minor in, in D. I can't play a B minor. I don't even know how. So, like, if you'll watch real close, if it, if it's going, you know, to that to that minor mood for a second, like I just pull my hands up off the strings and just sing and then like just hammer back on it when it goes <laughs> back to one of the main chords. Uh so that's kind of fun. But so I've gotten quite good in the key of D, except for that except for that B minor. But then you know what? Like what you're working with is sometimes inspiring on its own. Yeah. So like for some reason, as I was playing around in the key of D, a very easy chord transition to me was E minor. So I hit that one day, and I was like, ooh, that's nice, that two minor. You can do a lot with a two minor in a song. And so a lot of my songs now are a two minor. Like, for instance, uh, Loving You for Two that I wrote for my son. When I was up there in my office playing the keyboard or playing the guitar, I used the capo, and you know, I didn't even know
2: yeah.
3: what key that I was putting it in. But still, the numbers are the same. So, like, the chorus of Loving You for Two goes to a two minor, uh, once again, <laughs> because that's all I know how to do. But it's been <laughs> been pretty neat. So, I would say I'm not excellent at guitar, but one thing I've been really proud of with playing the guitar so much is showing my students, like, you don't have to be great.
0: yeah. Yeah, I've been playing for 40 years, and I suck, so.
3: (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. I thought I heard some, you know, in in your chuckle, I thought that was a very knowing chuckle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I, you know, I have a love-hate affair with a guitar. Nice, all right, you're a pro. I pick it up and play for a while, and then I put it down and don't play it for six months, and then I forget what I know and have to start over again, you know, that, that sort of thing, so. Um ha ah,
3: well that's really neat.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean I would have been I could have been the next Eddie Van Halen but you know just <laughs> I well, try. It's never too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's never nice.
3: too late. Take yeah. that from me. 40 years old, I my music career went off a completely different different direction. Yeah. So yeah. it's never too late.
0: Oh, uh, 61. Uh, hmm. well, I mean It's you know, not too late. Then again, look at like Mick Jagger, you know, he's still out there and Keith Richards, he's, uh, you know, from the Rolling Stones. He's been, people say he's been dead for like seven years. so <laughs> But he's still out there, so. <laughs> All right, Kat, what else you got?
1: All right, so I have just a couple more things because we could go on and on. But uh-huh. let's talk about this uh, North Dakota United cover. You are. Yes. On the cover of the Rolling Stones, <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, that was a cute, I thought, song to put with it, but, Thank you know, you. that's a big deal, so let's, you know, how did that come to be? Right. Um, all right, so, you know, my songs have just
3: continued to go viral and see great success, and after the last song that went viral, um, my Good Morning song, I don't know if you've heard that. Yes. Yes. Um, and so for anybody listening, it's pinned on my TikTok right now. Um, I'm in control. I like myself, and so does everyone else. Look at you, Kat! You're <laughs> making me feel I so I good about myself. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. So I, I think after that, like there, there was just a lot of positive attention, like you know, a little early in this year. And so after everything, had just continued to go viral. It just got the attention of. A writer at North Dakota United and I think it was that good morning song because I don't even think he knew about the teacher's Christmas wish song when they decided to do a feature on me um and they were just interested in my story like where the heck did you come from like you're not a music like major you're not from North Dakota you're you're not like an like an elementary teacher truly by trade. Like, this is all like brand new. Like, where did you come from? So I think they, you know, really just wanted to know who I was, but then, you know, the more that we got through that interview process, he was like, dang, I'm really excited to like share about you this teacher's Christmas wish song, like your days of the week songs and all of that. So he came at the end of the year. And I think the news helped too. Like I was on the news several times in North Dakota, um, I got Hertz, um, Hertz car selected me for their Teacher of the Year last year. Wow. And um, awesome! Oh, it was pretty, oh, it was amazing. For, on Teacher Appreciation Week last year, they surprised me with like this big SUV wrapped in my students' artwork. That was like music artwork. We love Miss Allen. Like we love wow. music. It was super cool. So then, that was on the news. And then there were like the Teacher's Christmas Wish thing was on the news um, a couple of different times. but. Um, like really it wasn't just about teachers Christmas wish it was just more about me in the news. And so I think they just were like, you know, we're really curious about who you are and where you've come from. And so they came and did the feature and I was just completely flattered. My principals were flattered. My students were ecstatic. Um, And so he, he came and he interviewed and he said like, we'd like to actually put you on the cover. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like I'm going to be on the cover. Like, so of course. And then, you know what, speaking of cover, the Rolling Stones, like I, My my principal at the school, so I teach at two schools. Um, And so I was at my second school the afternoon whenever the guy came to interview. So I was at that school, so my principal came in. He was like, wow, that's really awesome. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be on the cover. And then he started singing cover of the role, and I was like, "Oh my God, you're right!" So he and I kind of like sang that together there in my classroom for a minute. And I was like, "I better get five copies for a mother." Um, shout out to him because that yeah, Mr. John Allstadt. Yeah, he's a great guy. So, uh, and you know, just going back to like real quick, just. To, to love all my principals, man, everybody who's been in charge at these, you know, schools where I teach, like kudos to them for letting me fly, you know, trusting me and letting me fly because I'm like all of these good things that are happening for me and for my students and my, you know, all the accolades are, are just, you know, positive for every stakeholder, but it could have been shut down pretty quick. So I'm thankful for that. But um, yeah. And then there's, there, you know, the North Dakota United thing is just like, Super duper cool. So um, I'm very flattered. And just to think think that goes out to all the people who are in the uh, North Dakota United Union and North Dakota, not just teachers, but it's paras, it's some city workers, I think. And um,
1: I'm just flattered, honored. As you should be. And I have to say, there's one song we did not talk about, uh, and I don't know if it's gone viral, but it's also a favorite, is the uh, Valentine's song. Uh, oh. <laughs> I thought that was the cutest thing with, Thank you, you. Know, the different utensils. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I love that song. So I also have that one in my head. That one, I'll, I'll tell you just real quick,
3: because um. I had written a song about rare fruit. I had a student who was like, write a song about rare fruit. And he's this quirky kid. And he like gave me all these random fruits to put in a song. And um, it, it went super viral. The rare fruit song did. And when it went viral, a Disney star, um, I forget his name, but he is uh, a chef on, he was the chef on Hey Jesse. He was Bertram on the show Hey Jesse. He commented on that. And he was like, I challenge you to write a song about kitchen utensils. I love kitchen utensils. (laughs) And it was around Valentine's Day. And I was like, okay. So I, like, talked to my students. I was like, you'll never guess who commented on my TikTok. Bertram from Hey Jesse. And those students just went nuts. And so (laughs) I was like, what kind of utensils can you think of? So it was a really cool, relevant. I mean, like, when when we're talking, like, especially teaching high school, like, rigor and relevance are everything. And so, like, here, this is, like, rigorous. This is second, third graders, like, songwriting with you know they're giving me ideas like so I was like what kind of utensils do you know what kind of utens-? so I did we did this whole drafting session of utensils and then I wrote the song uh, just full of Valentine's puns and it, it's one of the students favorites and you know that Disney star never saw it he just never saw it like I tagged him and tagged him it did not the, the Valentine's one did not go as viral as rare fruit like it it's like 400,000 views or something like that but it, you know not we're not talking millions so he didn't see it so one day he'll
1: see it. Maybe it'll go viral. You never know. <laughs> well, I think it is absolutely adorable. I love Thanks. That. So uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. Thanks. I, then, I love it. Well, That's I it was it, fun. I sent it to Matt um, when, it first, when you first sent you yeah, to. yeah, yeah. This is adorable. This is, like, so um, cute. I am so flattered. Um, well, to go full circle, I think, back to how we started, I'll ask you this in, uh, 10 years, say if we interviewed you again, um, you know, call me naive. I never seen it coming. What would be <laughs> it, uh, 10 years from now? Oh, 10 years from now. I mean, like true fame, that
3: would be, that would be something that I still at this moment don't see coming. Like I see this wave that I'm riding right now and like loving it and enjoying it. And I'm seeing it as the apex really so if it were to get bigger than that that would be actually having a song on the radio actually writing and like singers singing my songs that would be an element of fame like that I just couldn't imagine but I would
1: love to see come to fruition and I'm I'm believing for it yes I believe for it too Matt thank you um, join in with us here
0: Oh, I agree. I mean, I think you're, I think you're definitely going to get there for sure.
3: Thank you. Thank you. I, we'll just put all these thoughts out into the universe. And, <laughs> um, hopefully you guys can say, I told you so when we do this again in 10 years. <laughs> well, I hope
0: it isn't 10 years. I hope you come back again soon and uh, we can talk about other things that you've been up to.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Well, thank you for being our guest, Trisha. And yeah, uh, bit of pleasure getting to hear some of the backstories and we've only touched the surface
3: yeah we have and I'm, I'm just flattered that you that you wanted to talk with me and hear the backstory to some of these songs i'm so thrilled that you had me on your show thank you so much
0: uh you know kat has been talking about you forever uh, i think since i met her and uh you know now i <laughs> i've flattered. gotten to uh talk to you and i feel uh you know I feel like uh, I made a friend. So.
3: I will. you have. You have. We, I mean, like, we will connect after this. I will get to know you more, too. And I'm just I'm flattered, absolutely <laughs> flattered. Like, it's still the same feeling every time. Like, me? <laughs> Actually talking about
1: me? Oh. Yeah. But you have to know now, Risha, you should tell him, like, you know, you should loan your cell phone if someone wants <laughs> to film Arrow You know, Why? you should. And I listened to that
3: episode, and I was, I was Team chat I gotta say, man, <laughs> I'm like, you gotta,
1: you at that point, like you got to. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know.
0: It oh, made
1: for a cute song, that's for sure. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. You did a great job. How funny! Yeah. How funny! Well.
3: Well, thank you so much, and I was glad to do that for you. That was a lot of fun. It came at that very busy juncture in my year, so I was like, I hope this is okay, and then you guys seemed to like it, so I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. <laughs> it was super fun.
1: All right. All well,
3: right, Russia. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for All coming
0: right. by. We really appreciate it, and uh, we hope to talk to you again very soon.
3: All right. Thanks so much. and looking forward to hearing it on the, on the radio.
0: As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at IWritePlease at Outlook.com. Or you can write to me at sessions at gmail.com or Matt at Level11Ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.